Idea Cellular Vodafone India's merger has been announced. Now this combined entity will be the biggest telecom operator in India. Do you do you want to? हम मानते हैं कि कुछ नया सीख के हम दुनिया में अपनी जगह बना सकते हैं. English बोलना सीखो वी ऐप पर. फूलो फलो स्पीड से बढ़ो. stress on the telecom sector and especially for Vodafone idea the worsening financial position of the telecom company has led to Kumar Mangalam Birla the chairman and the promoter of Vodafone to write to the government saying that he is willing to give up his stake in an effort to save the company from what he has termed as an irretrievable collapse the number you dialed is not in service Important updates coming in on Vodafone Idea from sources where the impasse on Vodafone Idea seems to continue. Now remember, Vodafone Idea is sitting on a very large debt. It needs money. आपके पास केवल एक ही बची हुई लाइफलाइन है आज दी एक्सपर्ट. Vodafone chief Nick Reid will step down at the back end of this year after a massive underperformance in the company's share price. The Vodafone Idea is caught between the devil and the deep sea. to put it very mildly unlike my colleague kalyan parbat the telecom cat of et i would go a step further to say vodafone idea is caught between the three s's spectrum dues shareholder apathy and sarkari apprehensions but believe me between september of 2021 and january of last year there were indeed some positive buzz around the same company if i keep my memory a quick jog i think the last piece of good news about vodafone was when the package happened in september mm-hmm. 2021 and then subsequently there was more heartening news when they bought nearly 19000 crores worth of 5g spectrum in the auction yep. in august right mm-hmm. so you know that took a lot of people by surprise because but 19000 crores for a company which is you know with a negative net worth was was quite a pleasant surprise so that was heartening news so you know there was a feeling that they are serious the promoters want the company to survive but then you know things haven't been going too well and they've been losing customers continuously in the last two quarters alone <laughs> they've lost 9.3 million customers which is downright wow. scary and they've been losing out on revenue share as well they haven't got the fundraise as yeah. in the external fundraise so those are huge concerns so and how many still are the loyal vodafone idea subscribers left officially 234 million as of q2 that means it's almost 50% down from the peak of 400 million plus subscribers when vodafone of uk and kumar mangalam billa's idea cellular decided to join forces in august of 2018 to create a merged powerhouse the largest telecoms operator in india since then it's only been a series of missteps mismanagement and muddle call it a case study on how to kick the can down the road hoping its bag full of woes will somehow disappear or worse still get diverted onto someone else in this case the government of india hardly surprising then that the recurring problems have once again come down crashing 
the loans that they want to raise is 7000 crores and they have dialed in uh, a clutch of banks which includes state bank of india hdfc bank punjab national bank and idfc first bank what their argument is that since the government returned the bank guarantees totaling about 15000 crores last year uh, these banks can afford to take further exposure to the troubled telecom operator It's Thursday, 12th of January. You're listening to Vodafone Idea, any idea, Sergi, on the Morning Brief. From the Economic Times, I'm your host, Arijit Barman. The Vodafone number you have dialed is presently busy. Please stay on the line or call again later. In this episode, we go through the latest set of issues plaguing the telco with Kalyan. But guess what? It's not just in India but Vodafone Group, a sprawling British telecommunications giant present across Asia, Africa and Europe, is facing severe headwinds at its headquarters with its investors angling for an overhaul of its complex business model, bureaucracy and dwindling profitability. In fact, its CFO turned CEO of 8 years, Nick Reed himself, is being shown the door. after presiding over a drop of 33 billion pounds in market value that's more than half the starting total so we have a very very special guest who will join us from london who has been tracking the company for decades to give us that global perspective jacob bluestone i cover european telecoms at credit suisse um I run the equity research telco team here. I've been a telecoms sell side equity analyst for 21 years now. But first, let's delve deeper into the issues at hand closer home and start with a quick recap. Vodafone Ideas merger created a Godzilla with 408 million active subscribers and a revenue market share of 32.2%. a footprint of 15000 branded stores and 1.7 million retail touch points across the country but day 1 it inherited a bloated balance sheet debt of over 1 lakh crore rupees as against a cash balance of around 19000 crore rupees today that debt number has ballooned to almost a double at 2.2 lakh crore rupees mind you around 9600 crore rupees of upcoming debt needs to be repaid by september 23 and the gross cash balance has plummeted to just 190 crore i repeat 190 crore and that's where the problem starts Competition has ensured tariffs stay abysmally low plus the two companies took inordinately long to actually combine in spirit and culture and then the supreme court bowled a beamer called AGR dues 
Well, the big story that we're tracking here on CNBC TV 18, it is a massive setback for telecom companies. The Supreme Court today has rejected the definition of adjusted gross revenue, which is the basis on which the telecom department calculates spectrum charges and license fee. The Apex Court held that all revenues, barring termination fee and roaming charges, should be a part of telecom companies' adjusted gross revenue computation. Now, today's order has effectively exposed the sector to a potential demand of up to 1.33 lakh crore rupees. Telecom saga that's been taking place just two days after the Supreme Court came down heavily on the government and the telecom company. There is simply no room for relief. The government could initiate action against the telecom companies for non-compliance of the Supreme Court order. So the company is scrambling to stay afloat. Finance Ministry will wait to hear from the telecom ministry before finalizing its future course of action. To be fair, the government did step in and announced a package that though was meant for the entire industry, including Bharti Airtel, was actually tailored to keep the lights on in Vodafone idea. A key component of that was the clause that the government would convert the accrued interest on deferred AGR-related dues into equity. But let's bring Kalyan back to understand why, even after a year, the stalemate continues. Last year, last January, that is when the government gave some sort of a commitment to as a duty. Mm. It hasn't really happened for a variety of reasons, I guess. Now, the main reason which the government is saying is that they would want the promoters of Vodafone idea to put in adequate amounts of, you know, capital to demonstrate mm. their seriousness about the company's survival and growth. So without that happening, the government feels whatever Vodafone idea promoters have been talking about, we hear talk about two, three thousand crores, that is, you know, pocket change. That is not going to, you know, move the needle one bit. Vodafone would require at least 40,000 crores of capital. Out of Mm -hmm. that, ideally, the banks can take care of half of that. 50% of that, which is about 20,000 crores, that needs to come from Vodafone Ideas promoters, as in mm. the Aditya Group and UK, Vodafone UK. So unless Vodafone puts in serious equity, you know, the government feels it's unviable for them to get into you know this company as the biggest shareholder. And why is this conversion important? We've been hearing about all this talk, aggressive talk about the government wanting Vodafone's promoters to put in sizable amount of equity. After mm-hmm. this, you know, things got deadlocked around this conversion issue. Correct. Because common sense would say, if you convert, it's a straightaway 16,000 odd crore oxygen for a company that is exactly. gasping, gasping yeah. for, for breath. Correct. But vibes that keep getting from DOT or from the ministry and even from, you know, senior bureaucrats in the other ministries is that, you know, government is very keen to support Vodafone idea and they would want the sector to have three healthy players, you know, in the interest of the Indian consumer. But mm. you know, Vodafone idea needs to, as in the owners of Vodafone idea, they need to have more skin in the game. Entirely banking on investors, lenders and the government to bail them out is just not acceptable anymore. That's it. You know, money hasn't come into the company per se. That is what the government Correct. is saying. That guys, you guys need to put equity in, you know, to grow the company.
Let's bring you an important story now. Sources are telling us that Kumar Mangalam Birla has met with the Telecom Minister Ashwini Vaishnav to urge the government to convert Vodafone Idea's license fee as well as spectrum dues into government equity. Isn't it bizarre? This is a telecom joint venture involving two of the biggest names money could buy. A storied Indian family business group Koladitya Birla and Vodafone among the markiest names in the world yet the government is apprehensive about their interest levels of the two sponsors and thus the very longevity of their venture exactly i mean i mean ever since the merger has happened it's it's just been uh, going downhill in terms of they've been losing revenue share subscriber market share customers so the government is clearly not very conv- they are not at all convinced about Vodafone's survival chances without an adequate capital infusion by the promoters, which Correct. they feel will lead to the banks stepping in and also the external investors coming in. Now, you know, tip, that's, that's the whole point. So the government is not, for some reason, and particularly the DOT, they are the guys who are not confident uh, in, in stepping in right away unless, like I said, the promoters demonstrate their seriousness to invest serious money, not pocket mm-hmm. change, serious yeah. money into the company. Serious money in this case is a multi-billion dollar check to be spent for 5G rollout, completion of 4G network and operations and maintenance of legacy infrastructure. The government for now is not even looking at things like 5G. Government mm-hmm. just wants the company to bring in and they haven't spelt out the amount, an adequate chunk of fresh capital into the company. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they believe, the government side believes that Vodafone needs about forty to 45,000 crores of capital. Mm-hmm. Out of which, they believe the promoters ought to handle 50% of that, which would be about mm-hmm. twenty to 22,000 crores, right? Mm-hmm. Upwards of $5 billion. So mm-hmm. that is the immediate requirement Requirement. that the government is hinting at. Mm. $5 billion plus. It's about 20,000 crores. Okay, minimum. Right. Now, right. so that is where, that, so so the disconnect is Vodafone ideas, promoters, I mean, there's been nothing official, but we hear feelers that they they had given some sort of uh, indication that they could put in about two to 3,000 crores, which mm. the government said is way Just not inadequate. Enough. The subtext is simple. What if post-conversion of these dues, the government emerges as the single largest shareholder in a private company? But then, if the company goes under, the government not only takes a bath financially, but the opposition will tear it apart for bailing out a private company by taking equity exposure in a dwindling setup by in fact nationalizing the network and then losing all of taxpayers' money. Remember the Rahul Gandhi jibe, suit boot ki sarkar? More importantly, not just that, Rujit. I mean, in the sense, what is that uh, Vodafone does not have enough capital and it is unable to compete with Reliance, Geo, and Airtel on the 5G front, loses more market share and bites the dust or goes mm. to NCLT. What happens in that case? The government, as a shareholder, will, you know, as an equity shareholder, would face huge challenges in recovering its money and it could face very uncomfortable questions in parliament. This is a distinct possibility as rivals Reliance, Geo, and Airtel are spending buckets of money to up their game 
and invest on the latest 5G technologies. Reliance Geo is expected to invest over $9 billion in 5G CapEx. Now that is excluding mm-hmm. Spectrum. Airtel is expected to invest over $7 billion. That is excluding Spectrum costs. So a 5G, a countrywide, full-fledged 5G rollout, Vodafone would, <laughs> would minimum... And even at a base level, would require to invest at least $5 billion on yeah, the 5G correct. network, right? So, correct. Yeah, and 5G involves a lot of retooling of existing infrastructure. Yep. So, it is boiling down to who blinks first the promoters of Vodafone Idea or the telecom ministry. If one looks back, Mr. Billa had been playing on the front foot since 2019 with lots of empty threats and rhetoric. First, he warned the government that his company might shut shop if the Sarkar did not intervene to upturn the $4 billion retrospective levies and taxes imposed by the Supreme Court on the telco for pending AGR dues. His counterpart, Nick Reed, also warned the venture was staring at liquidation. Then again in 2022, Mr. Birla pulled a rabbit out of his hat by writing to the government he was willing to sell his 27% to the government. It seemed then to be an aggressive move, but now his back is once again pushed to the wall. That was around the time when all the discussion around the conversion was sort of peaking. Right. Now, but then subsequently, you know, Vodafone Ideas promoters have put in 4,900 crores. So that sort of seems to suggest that there was some intent on the promoter's side to, you know, do something to move the needle. But then again, it turned out that that money was merely to pay off Indus. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was being used to pay off Indus and nothing really came into the company. So obviously there's a perception issue there that they need to ramp up their 4G operation at a pan-India level. More importantly, they need cash to, you know, pay their vendors. There's about 12,000 crores plus of vendor dues that they need to clear. And then they haven't even announced their 5G plans. So these three Mm. building blocks need to be addressed, for which they need money. They need their own capital, they need promoted equity, and they also need an external fund base. Yeah, it's logjam and everyone's pushing the can down the road. Exactly, too much of fog on the windscreen as they say. If the company is facing so much stress, why is it not in the bankruptcy courts? no matter the ego bruise such an event will cause to the house of the billas never ever have any of their group companies shut down under chapter 11 i was just talking to a lawyer the other day so he said the vodafone is clearing its you know dues to banks and financial institutions quite meticulously in fact their dues to banks and financial Institutions have reduced by over 8,000 crores. It was, I think, 23,000 plus. It's down yeah. to 15 odd, 15 odd right. thousand. So, that, so, obviously, the reason, the catch, this lawyer told me is that, see, if they default on a bank loan, you know, it's very easy for a bank as a financial creditor to move the bankruptcy court. Not yeah. so easy for an operational creditor like mm. an Indus or an ATC. Because if Vodafone say, Vodafone idea were to say that, boss, this due is kind of disputed. And if they can establish it, then, you know, that case, that demand won't stand in, the, in the NCLT. So which is why Vodafone idea is obviously aware of that. So which is why yeah. they're, they're attaching greater priority to clearing lender dues as opposed to vendor dues. But if the company is losing revenue market share, 
losses are mounting, then how is it paying its lenders on time? And since their revenues have been, you know, growing marginally, their apus have also been growing marginally. Okay, right. they haven't been losing apus. So to be, you know, fair, they, their apus have been climbing. They generated an apu of one thirty one, which was definitely in Q two. There's been a bunch of tariff hikes that happened last year. If you remember, right. in 2021, Vodafone and Airtel and Jio, they raised tariffs in, I recall, in November 2021. And prior mm-hmm. to that, Vodafone and Airtel had raised uh, rates in July, August. So the cost of mobile services has actually increased. There were two right. successive jumps. So that has obviously helped in beefing up their revenues. That is and uh, so obviously, but that impact is sort of now petering out and now they'll need to, uh, there's already talk about another round of headline tariff Correct. because because telcos would need to recover the huge amounts of investments, cap expense that are happening in 5G. Fine, Vodafone hasn't even started out on 5G, but they need cash for, yep. for a host of reasons as we just discussed. For the last several years, Vodafone Idea have tried to raise equity by selling stakes in the company or around their infrastructure assets. But nobody, I repeat, nobody wants to bell the cat. Everyone's uncertain about what lies ahead. You know, it's a funny situation. The external investors, you know, they want Vodafone idea. They want Vodafone idea to offer clarity on the government shareholding in the company. Mm. Now, that is that hasn't happened because the government wants Vodafone to, you know, first demonstrate that their promoters are serious about, you know, saving the company and growing it by putting in equity. So the Vodafone idea is caught between the devil and the deep sea, to put right. it very mildly. And so that's where it's at, you know, because they are blaming the government for delaying the conversion. The government in turn is shouting back that you guys haven't put in enough to give us the confidence to step in. The lenders are saying, boss, we will come in and give you fresh, uh, we might consider, you know, more loans for you guys, provided you can show us a cogent, you know, a viable business scale-up plan. So, all roads lead back to the State Bank of India. A 16,000 crore loan request has now become a 7,000 crore SOS to a clutch of private and public sector banks. But tell me, how does one bankroll a company with such negative net worth? The banks were very uncomfortable about lending to a company with nearly 76,000 crores of negative net worth. When I spoke to these banks and they are saying that uh, there are three important points to take into consideration. One is that the government is yet not giving any timeline on when it wants to convert its stake of about over 30% in the telco. Uh, The second is that the promoters are not infusing any stake. And the third is that they have themselves failed to bring in any strategic investor that they have been talking about for a long time. But still, uh, VI has now approached banks and they are saying that they need these views immediately to pay off Indus Towers, who they owe about uh, 7,500 crores and they also have current dues of about 250 to 300 crores. Mind you, if Vodafone does not roll out its 5G network on time, it may face penalty or things may even get worse.
the minimum rollout conditions clearly stipulate that a telco which has acquired 5G spectrum needs to launch 5G services in the metros within a year of the spectrum mm-hmm. allotment. And it needs to be present in one location in all 22 circles. As in, it needs to launch mm-hmm. 5G services in one location in all 22 circles mm-hmm. of India. So Vodafone Idea hasn't even, you know, announced launch plans. They haven't even finalized vendor contracts. Mm-hmm. So, whereas rivals such as Airtel and Geo are rapidly rolling out 5G every day. They're on the ball and they are looking to have pan-India coverage by December True. 2023. So Vodafone will really need to catch up. But coming back to your earlier question, you could be slapped with a financial penalty. Worse, if this delay exceeds 52 weeks as in a year, you, you, mm-hmm. you could lose your spectrum. The government can take away your spectrum. So 19,000 crores of spectrum could be at risk, you know, if they don't meet the minimum rollout obligations on time. And unless you pay vendors for network or tar companies where you are a tenant, they will simply stop entertaining your requests. They have over 12,000 crores of dues that they need to pay mm-hmm. the vendors. The biggest is would be the they owe the most to Indus Towers, but they Towers. owe three thousand crores Indus Towers. But among the network vendors, they reckon to owe over three thousand crores to Nokia, and mm. uh, you know maybe around four to five hundred crores to Ericsson. And from what we hear mm. is that you know vendors obviously are tightening the screws, telling them to come up with advanced payments, telling them to clear past dues before they even talk shop on the five G front. But as I said, India is just part of the problem. Around the world, challenges are piling up. So what is the way out for the once-vaunted blue-blooded British Telecoms Group? I asked Jacob Bluestone what, according to him, were its three main woes. Is it the size and M&A's gone wrong? Is it the bureaucracy? Or is it simply financial indiscipline and margin contractions? It's a good question. Yeah, this is a business that doesn't, doesn't cover its cost of capital and hasn't mm-hmm. for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really just the sort of the maths behind you know, why there's something that's not working from a financial point of view. I'd say the three main sort of headwinds that they face. Number one, given that the vast majority of the value, sort of 80%, sits in European telecoms. And European mm-hmm. telecom, fortunately, is a very challenged industry. So mm-hmm. part of the pro- woes is just related to being in a very challenged part of the market uh, globally and, and industry-wise. Um, the European telecom sector hasn't covered its cost of capital in over a decade. The second point, I think the portfolio is, is probably overstretched in too many markets. And I think there is a long-running debate on what kind of scale matters. Is it local scale or is it cross-border? And then I think thirdly, there's a specific issue around Vodafone Germany. Um, mm. Vodafone Germany accounts for about 40% of free cash flow of the group. They should have been performing actually much better than, than what we've seen. So there is a, I'd say there's sort of a pyramid of issues. There's the mm. broader, it's a tough industry. There's the issue that the portfolio setup probably isn't quite right. And then there is a specific issue around the performance, their German business in a market right. where ET is doing fine and, and, and other. German telcos generally are doing pretty well as well. 
Now, the CEO, the rather the CFO turned CEO, who's been around for eight long years, is finally leaving. Markets seem to have cheered that. A search process is on. Do you think this should hasten the process of a reboot and a restructure? I think, you know, with the, the change in CEO, I think it is probably fair to expect some change in strategy coming. And I think with investors, there's clearly a big debate on what will that new strategy look like. The previous CEO did actually do a lot around particularly the portfolio reshaping. Hmm. Uh, but I think it's clear that there will be more to come. I think a reasonable guess is that we might start to see perhaps more of a breakup of the group. So there've been press articles about you know, potential sale of, of some of their major assets. You've had some activism as well. So, you know, I think, yes, could we see a sort of perhaps a, a breakup in some shape taking place? I think that is uh, definitely a, a possibility. And that brings me to my next question, because to give the man his due, under Reed, the company has paid significant, or I'll say enough dividends. Yet the overwhelming narrative and the commentary has been the payouts did not generate shareholder value. Why is that? I think there's two elements. I mean, one is the sort of simple share price answer that paying Mm -hmm. large dividends doesn't necessarily help the shares if the dividend is not seen as sustainable. I think the, the broader issue is really about allocation of capital. Um, mm. Do you give the money back to shareholders or does it need to be reinvested into the business? Ideally, you'd like some combination of both in a telco. Mm. Um, I think for, in Vodafone's case, you know, given particularly the performance in Germany, you know, I think there is a sort of question mark of whether they need to perhaps put a bit more investment into the business to you know, have a better operational performance. And then mm. the question, well, how big should that be? So I think ultimately, yes, high dividends are attractive, but you do also need a business that performs well and can sustain yeah. dividend yield and, and sustain that dividend level, something that we haven't really had. True. You talked about the key European markets, UK, Germany, Spain, and Italy. They are the Vodafone Group's biggest markets. All, incidentally, have, have suffered declining EBITDA profitability since Reed took over in 2018. Italy and Spain in particular have seen huge margin contractions. Why aren't they just monetizing? Are they no buyers or Reed has always been a reluctant seller? I think the, the issues in, in the different markets are, are different. And you know, so I think a sort of simple monetization is frankly a bit too blunt. It's the famous quote, all happy families are alike, but all unhappy families are unhappy in different ways. I think, you know, the, the challenges in each market are, are different. You know, Italy's a good business. Vodafone Italy's a good business, but it's a really, really tough market. You had a new entrant who came in, you know, similar to kind of Geo in India, and you saw a, a massive contraction in, in mobile pricing after that new entrant came in. Spain, I think, has been... A challenging market, again, because there's a very high degree of fragmentation in Spain. There's a lot of players. It's very cheap to build, particularly fixed line, and it's a converged market. UK is actually not a bad market. There, there was some very high handset um, in the sort of early part, but the underlying performance of the business has actually been pretty good. Monetization of those assets, part of the answer is, as you rightly say, it's just not that easy. You know, there isn't a long list of buyers necessarily wanting to buy a telco in Spain. 
Whereas in Italy, they did receive a bid, but they, they yeah. rejected it because it was seen as being too low. I do think there is a sort of broader point that Vodafone clearly sees economies of scale from being in, in different markets. But against that, you know, clearly some of these assets have been underperforming. The one that sort of stands out the most to me is, is Spain. Um, that's mm. the one where monetization you know, could be the right answer. Um, mm. Where the other markets, it's really more about improving the operational performance in places like uh, Germany and, and perhaps driving consolidation in Italy. And so I think there is a fairly broad support for exiting, particularly some of the weaker assets mm. um, and focusing on a smaller number of markets, but doing those really well. Right. Because we have seen pruning of the portfolio in mm. subscale markets like Ghana, Hungary, Vodafone's exited. Reed yes. also sold a stake in the Tawako for a massive 15 billion pounds to a KKR Saudi consortium. Germany too, they cashed out of Vantage Tars. In UK, there have been speculation that they're merging with three to set up a giant telco in the UK. But either some of them don't fructify or they just don't seem enough. Yeah, I think the um, question is sort of how far do you go with these deals? Um, and, and I think the big issue is really around control. Um, as you mentioned in in the case of their tower business, Vantage, they're doing this deal with KKR and GIP, mm. but they will still end up in a co-control business, which means that they still end yeah. up owning part of it. And I think the question there is, well, do they eventually just fully exit it? You know, companies yeah. like Telefonica in Spain have completely sold out of their tower co. Uh, they used yeah. to have a bit of Telxius, which, you know, they've completely exited. So, you know, I think there is a sort of debate on should they hold on to their towers at all? What do they really get from co-control or do mm. you monetize it completely? So considering the company is trading at half its book value, which many would say is a clear indication of disposals as on yesterday, not today or tomorrow. Mm. And considering the sum of parts, calculations clearly show, and as you also have indicated, that the value rests on just three or four markets. You, however, are saying that our only answer cannot be you get out of all these markets, you monetize, and you, you wash your hands off and you walk away. That can't be the only answer to actually get back in shape. I think, I mean, you're absolutely right. From a valuation point of view, you know, this is a stock trading on a, a low multiple. There, there are some benefits, clearly, in, in terms of sort of being more focused on, on a handful of markets. I think for me, the most important thing is being able to turn the business around because that's ultimately what determines the value of these businesses. And that's why I don't think it's necessarily a, a sort of simple panacea just to, to monetize. You know, I think ultimately this business needs to grow and it needs to be able to grow sustainably over time. And I think, you know, the answer to that is, is a little bit harder than just sort of, you know, the slide deck and trying to uh, find a bunch of buyers. But I think, you know, the, the starting point for me has to be around improving the growth of the business, yeah. particularly with major markets. You mentioned the European ones, and, and obviously you have Vodacom as well, which is, is yeah. actually doing pretty well, and, and which is an important contributor to value as well and growth. I mean, as you said, it's not just Europe. Vodafone has footprints in Turkey, it mm. has footprints in Egypt, India, a perennial thorn or a noose around its neck. Do you think... These are subscale and therefore time to flog the stakes 
or businesses there? Yeah. I think, you know, within that non-European footprint, you know, there's, there's a mixture of some, some very good businesses, um, I mean, Vodacom's, and then some very challenged ones like India. I mean, on my maths, I think Vodafone's lost something like $50 billion in India, um, which is well above its current market cap. Hmm. Um, so, you know, India today is quite a small business, but it's been a huge drain on the capital of the company since their entry, it was 16 years ago. I think, you know, should they look at exiting some of these things? The difficulty is, I mean, easier said than done. You know, some of these assets are uh, are challenged. And yeah. it's it's not obvious, you know, what the exit path is. And that, you know, means it's it's not a, a simple thing just to sort of say, well, it's not in core and we're going to get out. But coming back to Kalyan, I wanted to suss out what his reporter's gut was telling him about the future prospects of Voda Idea and the potential next steps. What does your reporter gut tell you? I have a feeling that there will be some effort to save the company. We've been hearing all sorts of things. See, if Vodafone does not get an external fundraise, you know, indefinitely, it can't afford to wait indefinitely, right? They've been trying yeah. to lock this for the last two years. So at some point of time, you know, patience is going to run out, right? So at some point, like you rightly said, you know, they might not be earning enough. They might be losing more and they might not be able to even clear bank dues. Now, the Mm -hmm. minute that happens, we could have a situation where somebody, a financial creditor could be tempted to drag it to the bankruptcy court. Now, if that happens, then it becomes a very different situation. Because we've seen uh, companies that go to NCLT, their assets have got acquired at throwaway prices. That's something which, you know, a big picture baki hai. So I wouldn't want to, you know, venture into that territory as yet. But we've been hearing that maybe is this aloofness, this indifference on the part of the promoters from really coming up. And does it, you know, send out a message? Is there a deeper message here? I mean, the government has come up with a solution. The Ashwini version of the telecom mm-hmm. minister recently, I think, said last week only, he said that Vodafone has a has a host of complex problems and they need capital. And uh, he pretty much indicated that the owners of Vodafone Idea need to take a call and need to make a significant uh, capital infusion in the company, failing which it won't really be a viable situation for the government to step in and go ahead with the conversion. My take, Vodafone from day one has done a pretty smart thing. Having lost more than $50 billion in India, that's more than its current market capitalization, it had rooted the Indian joint venture through what is called an orphan SPV, meaning lenders in India will have no recourse whatsoever to its parents' balance sheet in the event of a default. Meanwhile, they have used the Indo-US Business Council recently to lobby with the Indian ambassador in London and nudge him to nudge the government for the government's conversion after hitting walls in New Delhi. Vodafone, of course, is putting capital literally in drips. Some 3,800-odd crore rupees by primarily selling some of their shares in Indastars, but the proceeds from the sale eventually went to pay industry dues, 
and not so much growth equity for the company. Now, Kalyan is hopeful that UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak with deep India connect and a financial whiz himself will do some smart moves to get Vodafone idea back in shape as the talks between India and UK have moved to fast track on the free trade agreement negotiations. Until then, we wait or find solace in the fact that Voda Idea's stock has hit the lowest level since September of 2021, just earlier this week, as the doctors at DOT examines the financial and operational health of the venture. You have been listening to Vodafone Idea. Any idea, Sergi, on the morning brief with me, your host, Arijit Barman. Thanks, Jacob and Kalyan, for your insights. Deeply appreciated. The episode was produced by Sumit Pandey, Indranil Bhattacharya, and Rajas Nayak were the sound engineers, executive producers, Anupriya Bahadur, Anirban Chaudhuri, and yours truly. We hope you liked this episode. Do share on your social media networks. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays, and Friday and is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google Podcasts, as well as GeoSavan. Do tune in to ED Play as well, our latest platform for all audio content, including The Morning Brief. Goodbye and good luck. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.